us everything you want to be. Yin Yang, share with us all of your dreams. Yin and Yang, gotta learn how to fight. Be yourself in this life. It's Welcome back. It is uh, Yin and Young, the podcast episode. Did we confirm episode 20? I think it's episode 20. I, I believe it's episode 20. If not, I will I will fix it in the notes, but I'm pretty sure it's 20. Because <laughs> what, uh, after, it was, before this was uh, the, the one that you and me did. And then at, before yep. that was Brianna and Laura Cox again. Um, that was fun. Um, but yeah. And then last one was good. It was more, last one was kind of like, <laughs> it was kind of like therapy. I, I don't know, but I don't know about for you, Dan, but it was for me. So, uh, and then now we have a guest, um, Sang, Sang Chen. Are you still there, Sang? Yep, I'm here. And then uh, Sang and I, so Daniel, Sang and I met, um, I don't know if we met, we've met before Advantageous. Uh, I think it was on maybe a Kevin D. Wong shoot or something like that for forgetting um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, th- I feel like we met somewhere before that, somewhere in Cam or something like that. But, yeah, uh, okay, Cam yeah. Fest. Yeah, we might have met at like one of the parties because you also did Daylight Savings, right? Um, uh, worked at well, I worked on yeah, whichever the sequel was, and I worked on Yes, We're Open. I used to work at Hyphen Magazine, so I was sort of around that scene. Right, right. A bunch. So uh, Daniel saying is uh, he's really uh, tied into the Bay Area Asian American filmmaking community and also the independent filmmaking community at large. Um, he does a lot of gaffing and a lot of uh, uh, cinematography, and also he's a pretty dope ass um, uh, parkour runner or I guess tra- oh, really? tracer. Yeah, they call him tracers. Yeah, uh, he he was my he taught me a couple. Of, I did I did a couple of sessions with him and uh, I was. It's really interesting because we do martial arts, right? And then and when I try different sports, interesting because then I get sore in like all these weird ass places, especially with parkour, <laughs> you know, like I get so I was like, so I don't think I was ever I didn't feel that much soreness before ever since maybe the first time I started picking up weightlifting again or something like that. But it was like sore in all these like, like weird ass places like the inside of my thigh. Uh, the lats right underneath my armpits, like the, that kind of shit, you know? And um, yeah. no, it was really cool. So thanks for that saying. I appreciate it though. Oh, sure. Yeah. Anytime. I mean, <laughs> how <laughs> long have you on. been, how long have you been doing that saying? Um, well, it's kind of weird. I, I feel like that question is always weird for me because I'm like, it's sort of the sport that I've been doing now that I'm not really doing sports um, because I played competitive sports like through college and played club sports after that mostly like ultimate frisbee but you know like through school like you know from whatever from third grade or something i was playing sports so those other sports i was playing like three four times a week or more parkour even when i was doing it regularly i was only doing one or two times a week and now i've been doing it less regularly because i had some injuries over the past year so oh no but you know i start. i mean it's fine i mean it's mostly it's i'm mostly been healing it's fine um but it's uh, I guess when I started was uh, almost like it was like nine years ago or something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess it's it's a weird thing to say like I've been doing it for nine years because I wouldn't say I've been doing it for nine years. It's more just like I happened to go to the, my first session nine years ago, <laughs> and right. I've been doing it semi regularly. You know, like uh, pretty regularly, probably for the first 
five or six years. In the last few years, it's been last you know two or three years. It's been a little bit more erratic. Has like yeah. injuries been like a big factor lately, or or did no, you get? This was an injury that was um, almost like une- I wouldn't say unexplainable, but basically when I went to the physical therapist, they're like, we don't have a really well documented reason for. So I had a frozen shoulder. It's also called adhesive capsulitis. And basically, my arm wouldn't move in certain directions past a certain point of range of motion. Oh, whoa. Um, or if I got to that range of motion, it'd be really painful, like shooting pain like up through my arm, um, where like I couldn't really like reach and like say it was my left arm. I couldn't hit, you know, reach behind my back and touch my right hip, which is, you know, pretty limited range of motion. I couldn't really raise above my head very well and support weight so there's a lot of things where i couldn't do it so obviously like when doing parkour was a bit limited um but i found other challenges in parkour but yeah it's you know it's like it wasn't from a fall or anything it was just more just all of a sudden you know i i started having problems with my shoulder and then i went in they're like yeah this is what's going on and this is why you're having pain and so you know <laughs> it's like well okay that's what it is and you know there's not a particular rehab road to it they're just like Normally it heals anywhere from nine months to two years, and you should, you know, um, depending on ob- obviously general health and all those other conditions. So it's been about a year, and uh, you know, I'm pretty good right now. I was doing some parkour on Sunday, and finally being able to, you know, do a lot more stuff over my head and bearing weight on my arms. So yeah, otherwise, injury hasn't hasn't been a significant issue, partially because I'm not doing it in any. Uh, really competitive way it's more just like my own health and just general fitness you know so i'm my, my own motivator for that so dan do you, do you know what parkour is or free running oh yeah i mean there are always these videos um, out there and especially like the opening sequence of casino royale where they're ch- he's chasing that one guy oh okay <laughs> and he's like like flipping he's like running off of roofs and stuff like that yeah yeah and like uh, uh one guy was just vaulting over everything mm-hmm yeah, so um, so saying like, can you can you do a front flip or back flip? I mean, that's more gymnastics, I know, but yeah, it's more gymnastics. I I I can't do those very well. I mean, I can do it like into a foam pit, but I could, definitely would never do it like on concrete or even on grass. Like I attempt those in the gym. It's you know something I haven't really put a lot of effort into. I mm. feel like I'm you know probably a, a day of hard work away from getting a back flip. Do you see? Um, do you see that video of the guy who did it in uh, six hours? There's a. There's I, I believe it. I, I haven't seen that, but uh, I could totally see that. I mean, especially I don't know if he did he do it by himself or was he sort of with a trainer or a coach? He was, but he's. I mean, I looked. He looks like a pretty fit guy, um, but um, he had someone filming and he put like a, a mattress underneath him at you know after he failed a couple times, so and mm-hmm. he he just continually tried it for like you know, over the course of six hours, taking a few breaks here and there. Uh, but like, f- like the first, from the first flip, which was really like, really, you know, awkward, he c- he completed it after about six hours of continuous effort. I was like, oh, wow, damn. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, hopefully, I, that's, I always worry about, I mean, I always worry about doing certain gymnastics moves, especially not being a gymnastics coach, having but having seen a lot of people sort of self-teaching that. And uh, there's times when I see people are like, well, they got around and they didn't land on their head, but it certainly is not good. I mean, I don't know this guy. I haven't seen the video, but <laughs> I sort of feel like if I hadn't had certain guidance, I, my 
you know, what little technique I have would be far worse if I didn't have some insights from some good coaches. So. Right. Like That's one, my disclaimer for your show. Is yeah. Like, if you're going to be flipping around, like, inverted, definitely get some of that, you know, well, one the, help. Well, the guy who posted the video, he, he put a disclaimer saying, like, yeah, if you have, a, if you have someone assisting you, it, it'd actually be a little bit faster learning it. Or yeah, like, it yeah, totally is. Yeah, and safer I, I, too. So I think no, you, you. That's a good point. I mean, I always, I always wonder about the utility of that because, like, with parkour, because it's based off of that, um, uh, that guy was his name Charles, Hebert. Hebert, yeah, yeah. Like he, he kind of developed it. I looked into it. Like I guess he developed it because um, he saw a lot of people um, dying uh, during after a volcano eruption, right? And a lot of people were running away from the lava. But they didn't have the tools, you know, to vault or to climb walls and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he just felt it was like a, a, you know, he did the best to save lives, but a lot of people couldn't save themselves, and he felt, you know, terrible about it. So he kind of developed the method naturale. I don't know. Is is that roughly the history or? The, I'd, I would say that's the the uh, precursor. Okay. Um, it's almost like parkour. I feel like is drawn from that, and it has a. A lot of that philosophy, and this is my understanding, I haven't, like, trained with my, like, sort of parkour lineage is not, you know, I don't have, like, a clear connection, you know, of, like, strong philosophical parkour teachings. <laughs> so this a lot of this is sort of also my interpretation from what I've read. But my interpretation, or what I've, you know, is that there was these kids in France, who's like David Bell and Sebastian Foucault and these other guys who were inspired by that, <clears throat> by the military training, um... And that idea of the movement natural, like the, also the, um, you know, to be and to last, the idea of like a long, you know, enduring fitness that it wasn't just about sports and like uh, for a competition, but that it serves, you know, that your fitness is there to serve other people and, and you know, basically, you know, kind of serve society and better your life. So I think there's definitely a lot drawn from that, you know, natural movement method. But I think parkour, it's like, it's not entirely functional in that sense in the in a sort of like life-saving sense um my my interpretation and i think this sort of bears out from people that i've trained with who you know or or a little bit in this lineage or what i've read is it's almost like it's like a um a way to challenge yourself you know that the, the importance of the practice is more that you use it to improve yourself and not necessarily and that then that then that improvement of yourself will transfer to the rest of your life as opposed to I'm learning this vault because I will be able to get out of a building or get up this, you know, wall in a certain way. It's more like I'll become a stronger person, I'll have a greater range of movement. So, you know, like for a firefighter or something, or that obviously is very applicable. But having the mental fortitude and the attitude to sort of break down a problem and not be totally basically like intimidated out of trying something is sort of the greater strength that comes from parkour mm. that seems to be the greater goal of parkour daniel do you do you see that in martial arts as well or yeah i mean it, it just it seems like with anything that you do to endeavor to get better at something um it's just about self-improvement you know and um I, I guess you can think about that with anything. That I guess that's why the word kung fu really means something that you do to improve yourself over a long period of time. Right. Like anything can have kung fu, right? Yeah. 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 As long anything as anything can yeah. have kung fu. Yeah. That. Right. As long as the the intention is towards self improvement. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, and then also, uh, saying is a uh, 
would you say you're a long distance cycler or cyclist or uh i don't know i mean i just ride for fun okay you just ride for fun (laughs) i mean sometimes it happens to be what would be considered long distance but i know people who are really long distance cyclists so i would never really call myself a long distance cyclist longest ride what's your longest ride yeah uh i mean at 110 miles in one day yeah oh wow so there's a a century ride around uh sort of the east bay which is just you know, known for its food, and I live in the East Bay, so I'm like, it doesn't get any closer to me than that as yeah. the I ride. Um, yeah, so it's about, yeah, that's the longest one-day ride I've been on, especially specifically one ride. Hmm. Uh, but I don't do those a lot, and I know people who do, like, way longer rides with some regularity, so that's why I'm like, I would not consider myself a long-distance cyclist, you know, like, right? I'll, ride, I'll go ride, like, 20 five 40 miles like that's sort of more of a regular range ride which i would you know i realize it's probably long for a lot of people but is not super long for even for a lot of the cyclists i you know ride with who are not really long distance cyclists so mm. i mean i guess it's yeah it's all relative <laughs> yeah i mean like it because okay recently i did a, a san diego ride from la so that's what mm-hmm. 170 180 miles and uh i did that in two days and i was basically basically on the second day i was walking parts of it like a good section Mm -hmm. of it i was i don't know i mean i i was gonna ask you for some tips because basically i don't know if it's lactic acid or something but i my legs were in so much pain like and i didn't really train for it and that's my bad you know i was just like very naive and said oh you know i run i jump rope i do boxing i'm pretty fit guy biking i i'll I'll go i'll just go into it and Mm -hmm. uh it was like the end of my first day was what 70 74 miles or something like that and i was like Mm -hmm. dying like my my, well i wasn't dying my my right leg that's tough i mean it's a lot if you haven't trained that's definitely a lot yeah it was like by the end of it i was like my legs are screaming at me (laughs) and my and i was doing a i had a hybrid bike it wasn't even a road bike it was a city Mm -hmm. slash you know road bike whatever Mm -hmm. uh peugeot and um yeah, so I I'm, I'm gonna try it again, either with another bike or I'm not gonna carry because I was actually carrying. I had my laptop with me too, um, and so why were you carrying your laptop? Well, you know, so like you know, at night when I'm resting, I could like do stuff or like I could uh, okay. I could upload the videos. I was taking about uh, videos and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, wait, Dan, you're saying 110 miles? What? One way. From San Diego, from LA to San Diego. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. So what I did was I did from um, so I did from. Well, you North- probably weren't going down the five, right? You probably going some other route. I'm doing some up. Been. So I'm doing yeah. from Northridge. So Northridge is North LA. I'm oh, for Reseda, San Fernando Valley. Then I'm going into Lake Forest, which is just south of uh, Irvine, because I have some family there that I stayed overnight. So I went through Seal Beach, and uh, so I did uh, the San Gabriel uh, River Trail freaking beautiful if you're ever in la you should do it mm-hmm. and then um and then seal beach of course is gorgeous uh we're going past seal beach and then uh into lake forest and in irvine uc irvine has its own bike trail and then um and then from there i did uh lake forest to downtown san diego for some reason it came out to like a hundred yeah so like that, Carl, that makes sense yeah yeah you yeah. did that all just by yourself or was it with people or it was by myself but um mm-hmm. it's really embarrassing if i told you like how long it took me like it took me 
ridiculously like there's a guy at the bike shop where I, I went to to fix my, my bike up before I did it and he's like uh-huh. oh yeah you can go to San Diego in one day easy like just you know 10, <laughs> 10 hours right and I did it in like two days and that's like taking multiple breaks and I'm talking I'm talking like from like I'm saying first day was what 12 hours and then second day was like more than 12 hours and that's taking multiple breaks multiple right. stops and walking you know Tory yeah, yeah. Tory Pines Road I was walking up that road but um do, well, do you Tory Pines Road is like a gigantic hill it's like ridiculous I, I saw that and I, <laughs> I almost started crying because it was like late at night and I was scared I'm next to the water and I'm like fuck it and like I was walking up Tory Pines Road and I just I saw some like white dude walking the other way I, I told you this last time but like I was like what the hell is this guy doing at midnight walking but he was he, he was cool he said hey hi where are you from oh you walk in yeah I'm from OB oh, and then he just bounced um so um so saying uh pointers what's what's your you got any <laughs> do you listen to music uh, or what, what keeps you motivated or yeah yeah I mean, the basic thing is just ride more. You okay, know, you gotta yeah. train. If you're if you're going, you know, any, you know, it's just like with anything. If you're gonna push what your limit is, it's good that you found the limit and you didn't do it in a way that got hurt. <laughs> um, but Almost. I mean, yeah. I would say don't, you know, don't feel bad about stopping. I mean, if you're going for a bike ride, just ride your bike. You know, you're not racing anybody. Yeah. Right. Take breaks to eat food. That's one. That's always been one of my problems with bike rides. Um, endurance sports in general is, is I have bad uh, eating habits. Ah. as far as like and one of the good things about like one of the reasons why i did the century ride is that it's known for its food um oh they feed so basically you like every yeah they feed you i mean that's what, what you know they pay, it's an organized ride so you pay and they have stops right so every 20 25 miles there's some food um you know sometimes it's like this ride particularly it's great because uh, it's got like you know people make homemade bread and cookies and stuff like that some rides you know or even some stops on this where on the longer ride it'll just be like you know ham and cheese sandwiches or whatever but that i mean that's important you know like even yeah. if you see these guys riding tour de france or you know these big long races they're getting food the whole time you know like every 20 miles or so somebody's giving them a bag of food and they're drinking a ton of water that's one of the biggest things i think yeah usually yeah. i find that if my legs are starting to just seize up it's because i don't have enough i don't have enough water that's i think that's what was was happening i was i have like a small water like my water ball is okay but it's not like it's like 450 what milliliters i mean it's it's mm-hmm. not that big so yeah man. i mean if you're riding 80 miles you should probably be drinking like you know eight of those you know six of those. <laughs> right so if you, if you filled it up like three times yeah you're gonna have a problem yeah <laughs> um, you need a camel bag maybe i should get you one for your birthday a camel bag oh yeah maybe maybe i should get one because uh, what yeah. is that that's like a liter a couple liters or you can get like a th- i have one that's like a three liter but i mean Damn. just put more water bottles i mean just stop sometimes and eat some food you know yeah like have a sandwich or whatever bring it with you stop and like get some snacks at the gas station whatever you know like that all that stuff is important you're putting a, you're putting your body to the limit you know yeah. it's not it's got to run on something yeah uh do, do you have a playlist that you go to when you when you bike ride or you kind of just like you're you just you just nothing it's just you and the road There's nothing and... yeah oh, okay no i like to i like i like to like i say like i like to hear myself suffer oh i, I want to know i want to know how much suffering i'm going through and it's important for me to know like what my breathing sounds like also, usually I'm out somewhere in nature, so I also want to hear that stuff too. But even when I was like sort of doing more training rides, I'm like, that's part of my feedback is to know, you know, what my body sounds like, what it, what my breathing sounds like, all that stuff, you know. Hear my suffering. That's a great line. 
I, I, I consciously stopped listening to stuff for like a couple, like maybe an hour, half hour here and there because yeah, there's something about just listening to the ocean or like just bike mm-hmm. riding and just, you know, hear peace and stuff like, uh, mm-hmm. I was going through the LA uh, River Trail, and that's along the uh, the aqueduct, you know, like the the concrete river area. Um, a lot of there's a lot of homeless people in tents and encampments there, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, just seeing that stuff. I mean, a thought that entered my mind was like, oh, like this, what I'm doing is for can be for anyone. It doesn't matter what economic, you know. Like I saw homeless people biking or whatever. Like this beauty, this experience is free. Or I mean, as, mm-hmm. as long as you get a bike of some sort, it doesn't matter how shitty your bike is or whatever. Or but, you could walk there. Or you could yeah, just walk you it. get there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, that seemed like a, I don't know, for, it's, for some reason I felt there was like some deep meaning in it, but you know, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, oh, this kind of experience is open to anyone and mm-hmm. there's no judgment, whoever you are or whatever you've done. You can experience nature or this trail or this river and see the sun setting. And I thought, I don't know, it was just that I thought it was pretty beautiful. Um, I, uh, no, that's great, man. Like, it's not, I feel like not enough people get out. And it's really, I mean, it's really a, especially an issue. Uh, I don't know if you'd like kind of pay attention to sort of like the politics of like outdoor stuff. I mean, aside from like the Department of the Interior looking to like turn over all these national monuments and like, you know, strip them for resources but also just socially like there's a lot of like social justice stuff about getting people outside who has access to the outdoors you know and why is it that you know being outside being in nature is perceived to be sort of basically a white thing you know oh god yeah 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 it's like right so it's like like, uh camping right (laughs) or like hiking yeah yeah but it shouldn't be right it's like it really and of course that's mostly here because i mean but you know, because we're in the U.S., as opposed to obviously it's different if you're going to be somewhere that's not majority white, but it is definitely an issue, like, you know, hearing stories about, um, there's a lot of good writers, I'm sorry I can't name them off the top of my head, talking about, especially like an, uh, Latino and African-American, like, um, communities getting outside and sort of like realizing, being straight up about sometimes people give them weird looks or treat them differently, you know, if you're in a national park and you're black or you're brown. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, like, you know, I think that's one of the initiatives with national parks and, like, even groups, you know, companies like REI. It's like, how do we get people who are underrepresented, you know, outside and be able to enjoy this? Because it really does, like, for me anyway, like, it really is a good, like, centering, like, kind of de-stressing thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and if there's a perception that people don't have access or shouldn't have access, like, that's, you know, that's not cool. Especially, like you said, it's something that should just be free. If you can get there, you can enjoy it, you know? Mm. Dan, do you have any thoughts on that? No. <laughs> I mean, there there are a lot of like sports out there that I think, um, especially on the coast, I think people are people of color are starting to enjoy more. I mean, I remember when I first started surfing, I didn't see anyone of African American descent in the water, but there are definitely more now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know for I know for martial arts, there was. Um, you know, Bruce Lee kind of changed the game in the sense that he accepted all students, right? Because we we talked about this in the last one of the with Robert J. Arnold, uh, uh, episode seventeen. Um, like, yeah, it's like there's this idea of magic, right? That's been tied with um, martial arts, 
which hasn't been fully disassociated, right? Oh, it's only for a certain secret group because there's these certain powers that people shouldn't have, whatever. Like the Shaolin. Yeah. To the Shaolin. <laughs> exactly, right? But then, you know, Bruce Lee started teaching, you know, and there's there's other masters aside from him that teach other people, you know, there's, you know, but Bruce Lee is the most, you know, famous one or whatever. So, um, yeah, it, I guess, okay, I think the thing is this, it's that if you are busy trying to put food on the table, if you're working too full-time jobs, right? A night shift and a day shift, then, oh, maybe you don't have time to go spend time outdoors, right? I guess that's, and then that's why you see a lot of hip, you know, white hipster guys hiking all the time because they have more disposable income and free time possibly. I don't know. Is that? Yeah, but it's not, it doesn't take that much time. I think a lot of it's like the perception and also just being welcome there, you know, like, Mm. especially being in the Bay Area or even in LA, right? It's like, it's, you, it's not actually that far to get outside, right? right like, right. You, especially like in the like where I live, I live in Oakland. I mean, there's some regional parks that are, are in Oakland, which people will never think of. You know, like redwoods. Like you know, you would never. Other than that, you can still hear cars. You know. Yeah. So I feel like it's that's a, that's also kind of a dangerous idea of being like, well, it's because all minorities are poor, which is not true. But even if you are poor, you should still be able to access it, right? Like, like. <laughs> You should still feel welcome there, and I think the issue is more about whether they're welcome as opposed to whether they just purely are overloaded, you know? Right, that perception, yeah. Um, yeah, because, like, have you ever, uh, like, you 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 work with kids, right? Because uh, I noticed sometimes you film, like, these uh, social justice videos where they're, you know, doing art projects or video projects. Uh, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't say those, a couple of those videos were because I was brought on by a group. I don't, I don't actively... Um, you know, I'm not in any groups that actively works with kids, I guess, or yeah. as part of a mission. It's more like, especially those, I think you're talking about the two the two videos I made for the uh, Colorful Mamas of the 99%. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, that, so yeah. That, that was because I knew someone in that group who was like, hey, we're doing this action. Can you help us, like, you know, <laughs> put this stuff out? So, yeah. Gotcha. I, I guess the reason I ask is that um, it's kind of like... Uh, some I work with kids a lot. I, I, I teach uh, part-time writing, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of my students right now are Korean, uh, Korean or Korean American. And in the past, I used to teach um, inner-city school children, like in in Oakland, uh, and also in South San Jose. And one thing that's very interesting is like with the different racial groups, there are certain pervading stereotypes or concepts that they had. And I don't know, you know, they're young kids, so they're very impressionable. Um, I would think they'd be more free of it, but sometimes, you know, you 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 can kind of sense it, or you 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 hear them say it out loud, like, "Oh, I can't really do that," or, "Ah, you know," mm-hmm. like, yeah. and it's kind of like frustrating. It's like, wait, who said that? Who taught you that? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, who said that you can't be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever? Or who says you have to be a doctor or a lawyer? You, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. the flip, right? Like, inner city school children, like that concept of being the first to go to college. You know, like, oh, no one in my family goes to college. Well, you know, then it doesn't mean you can't go to college or, or be a doctor or be a PhD student. And whereas the Asian kids, it's like, oh, just because your mom and dad are lawyers or, or doctors doesn't mean you have to be one. You could be an artist or you could be a, you could do something, you know, that's not in those. Right. Yeah. So it's very, yeah. And that co- goes back to that, those, those ideas of like, oh, wait, who actually gets to hike? Who gets to enjoy nature? And when I was bike riding, I was just like, fucking, 
dude, everyone's doing it. Poor people, rich people, like it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like right. And I saw some, <laughs> and then there's there's also bad people. Like I saw this guy, he stole a bike. Like he he there's like you know in Frogtown. I told Dan this, but in Frogtown there was like this uh, community that's right next to L.A. Trail, and some guy was like I was biking and it's like this guy looks really shady. He cl- he just climbed the fence. And he he hmm. took like this kid's bike. No one was home from the balcony, and then you know rode away. And and then what? I yeah I called the police. And eventually we recovered the bike because all he did was place it in like a stashed area nearby. Uh, and we, uh, we, me and some workers brought it back. Luckily, we didn't have to confront him. He just, good. yeah, he walked away. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, you see some weird shit on the, on the road. I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let's see, I was going to segue. Uh, like, yeah, Dan, did you have anything to add or? No, not on that. Okay. Um, I think with, I, I've been looking at some of your your posts saying on Instagram and like, so you've been to Cuba not too long ago. Yeah, that's uh, around the beginning of this year. Yeah. Okay. How was that? Like, did you go with your wife that, or? Yeah, that was kind of interesting. We actually just finished a video um, about that, which is uh, so I went yeah with my so my wife and a friend of hers who's an anthropologist who teaches uh, on the East Coast. Like they've been wanting to do a project together. Uh, my wife was also. Uh, an anthropologist undergrad and she's a, a, a fine artist um, has an MFA in like studio arts but they they'd known each other for a long time and they wanted to do a project and then basically they let myself and uh, her friend's husband kind of tag along because we we're like the camera guys because <laughs> we're like hey we'll go that sounds interesting and they're like okay I guess um, but yeah I actually didn't have a lot of interest in Cuba before that and it was a really good trip we basically were in Havana um, but just lucked out um got you know we're put put in touch with this artist who is down there uh victor mora is afro-cuban artist okay who's just really i mean it's just really welcoming it seems like true probably a lot of you know cuban people in general but like was just told us sort of about what he's doing with the community that he's working in and uh so we just shot a little couple interviews and a little piece so you know have like a little piece that we're hopefully i don't know what we'll do with it exactly but you know maybe we'll expand it or something but yeah, Cuba was really interesting. It wasn't. It was a place that I thought was that I had mostly an interest in, like when I was growing up, because it was uh, because it was illegal to go there. Or yeah, or I mean, is control. it open right now, or like how hard was it to get in? It was open. No, so yeah, so Obama opened up a lot of stuff, and I'm not sure how it's going now because uh, they definitely closed down a lot of stuff. But basically, when I went, you know, there are direct flights. We were in New York because of uh, my family. I have some family on the East Coast, and my wife's family's on the East Coast. So we flew out of New York and, and back to Newark, and it was like, you just get direct flights. Oh, nice. It's like, okay. no problem, you know? Like, you, you know, you have to fill out some forms that say you have a certain reason. Um, but it was, it was, yeah, it was like no, no problem, you know? Because, <laughs> like, uh, how's the nature over there? I'm trying to look, I'm looking at it right now. So I guess some beach shots you got here. Uh... But yeah, did you do? Yeah, any- we didn't. We didn't get out that much. We were mostly in Havana. It's definitely something. So we were there for about a week. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice to be there for longer because obviously, like, I mean, Cuba is a pretty big island. Yeah. And it's not like you can just like, you know, hop on a train and zip around or whatever, right? So, um, yeah, I, I would I'd be interested in going back. Culturally, it's really interesting. Um, I'm learning a little more Spanish, even though Cubans speak really fast and <laughs> have a hard time understanding them. Um, but yeah, is 
is uh, isn't that somewhere I would say, I mean, to be like a travel guide, I guess it'd be like, don't go there if you're looking to have great food. Uh, but uh, do go okay. there. It's like it's a different culture. And it's really interesting to see a culture that, especially in Havana, you could tell had a lot of money at one point, you know? Mm, but like did they you, were, yeah. people say like they were, they were like the 51st state and then the revolution happened and, uh, you know, all this stuff, you know, obviously with sanctions and like blockade and all this other stuff, like, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy to see that and realize that stuff can change that quickly, <laughs> you know? Is it safe there, you would say? Like, was safety ever an issue? It was never, yeah, the only time it was an issue, this is what's crazy, so, you know, it's a, it was a, it's a socialist communist country, right? So, like, people were supported, and basically, they're like, it's only been in the last, you know, few months that you see people, like, you would never see homeless people. So there's one time huh. we were walking back from this cafe music place, and there was a guy following us. So it was kind of late at night, and we were like, okay, we got to be a little careful here. But that was the only time. And seemingly, you know, I mean, from the reports of multiple people, that would never have happened, hmm. in, you know, under Fidel and all this other stuff. So, you know, there is that sort of plus. is like there's a baseline level of, of um, you know, lack of, like, you know, I guess crime. I think it's also punished pretty pretty harshly. So that's another thing. But I I never felt really in danger, you know. And even then, it was more like, especially coming from San Francisco and places that have a high homeless population, I didn't necessarily feel in danger. But obviously, it just feels uncomfortable when somebody's following you and kind of yelling shit. You know? Yeah, maybe he had a mental illness or something like that. Or yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, but yeah, no. It, it was a uh, felt safe going out at night. Uh, walking around, yeah. So you're 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 is okay. So may, can we talk about your age or or you want to keep that sure. private? Yeah. Are you in your no, your late thirties or you're in your forties now, mid forties? Not forty two. Forty two. Okay. Yeah. And then um, so you're you're in the Dan, Dan range. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, and your wife is she around the same age as you or a little bit younger? Yeah. She's just I mean she's like six months younger. Okay. So not significant. Yeah. Uh, are you uh like how how do you like I'm curious because you're an interracial couple right she is from uh-huh. South America or something or yeah well her family's from Ecuador uh, yeah. she was born in New York um, but her brothers were born in Ecuador and you know her family her parents go back and forth gotcha um, yeah and she's a fine artist she does like um, does she work with like yeah. oils or like painting she or? does like she does some uh, like inst- uh, site specific installation. A lot of times with the found objects or some objects that she creates. that, um, And then also she does illustration, not like commercial illustration, but she works with like watercolor and like, you know, pen on paper kind of stuff. Uh, so how did you guys meet? Uh, we basically met, well, so she was visiting a friend and it was basically like her profile on an online dating site showed up and I was like, hey, like, you know, what's up? <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't say what's up. It was kind of like responding to something that she wrote about like music or languages or something and uh she was like oh what you know but we went on a couple dates and but then she went back to new york and then we were um by coastal for like a year oh wow before she came out here yeah so wait you met her wait i'm confused through a friend or through an online dating website or both sort of it was mostly through the, the website because i didn't know <laughs> she was visiting a friend in oakland okay and then because you know like location services or whatever on her yeah, phone yeah, yeah. popped her into Oakland and I was like, <laughs> oh, hey, she seems cool. Let me let's send her a message, you know? 
And then she responded, and luckily she was around for long enough, and her friend encouraged her to, like, go out because her friend had just had a kid, and she was like, I'm not going to be hanging out late, so if you want to go on a date, you should go. Right, right. Wait, uh, which app? I got to ask. <laughs> we're, not, uh, we're not getting sponsorship or anything. Yeah. <laughs> that was OkCupid. Okay, OkCupid, okay, oh. Because we're artists and we're cheap. Oh, my gosh, it's, <laughs> it's free. free. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> and, dude, I... Uh, that that okay cupid is too labor intensive for me like yeah there's too many messaging I don't, dan what did you ever use online dating websites dan or no i used match uh-huh. and that was about it and both of those times uh it was not fun yeah <laughs> it seemed like a lot of work for me for okay cupid but um i mean now it's like more like tinder or coffee meets bagel um but uh anyways uh, that's that's interesting because I always wonder about that. If I'm in a new city and I hit up a, my online dating thing, if I let them know, hey, I'm gonna be gone in like a month. Usually, that's like a that's like a hard that's a break. You know, that's like a that's like a, a deal breaker, right? But for you, you're like whatever. Like, did she was she upfront about it? Like, hey, I'm I don't live here. I live in New York. No, I, I don't think her profile. I mean, she you know when we actually. When we actually met, she wasn't hiding that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, on her profile, it just changed automatically. It just said she was in Oakland because her phone said she was in Oakland, you know? So I didn't know. um, But, I mean, you know, yeah, it wasn't like I started out. But I was like, whatever, yeah, sure. Like, she seems like a cool person. Yeah, yeah. Um, And honestly, like, I was like, well, she's cool, you know? Not even necessarily dating-wise. It's just like, well, she's, you know, I go to New York regularly enough. Right. Um, like, one of my best friends lives in New York, you know, and, like, so I would, you know, I would visit him or, like, whatever, be out there for whatever work or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it was just like, well, let's meet somebody cool. Um, and it just went well, so, you know, we just, uh, I mean, we weren't dating right away. It was like, she went back to New York. Right. And then it was sort of like certain little things just kind of kept popping up. We'd send each other a message or something like that. And then it's like, all right, well, let's, you know. Mm. Maybe we should see what's up. See what's up. That's that's yeah. that's cool. There was there was chemistry. There's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, how long have you guys been together? Uh, we're gonna be. It's gonna be three years. Our third. In, well, I mean, three years wedding anniversary. We've been together like basically for a year and a half before that. Okay. Um, or kind of. We met two years before that, but you know, we weren't dating for a while, and then we were. Yeah. The, okay. Personal question. You don't have to answer. Uh, is, are you thinking about children, or that's not really a thought right now? No, I mean, I feel like it's sort of, you know, if it happens, it happens. We're older. Yeah. It's not like we're not going to force it. Yeah. It just seems like, yeah. And also, I mean, honestly, like, I've been thinking so much about, <laughs> I mean, both of us, I think, there's so much about stuff in the world where it's like, I don't, bringing a kid into the world just seems like a bad idea. Huh. So it's, it's a little bit of a conscious choice to be like, it just seems like there's too many people in the world, you know. Dan, you got kids. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of agree. I, there are so many things that you have, you have to worry about. I I was having a conversation recently, recently with some friends. I was like, I don't know if my kids or even my grandkids would have the pleasures of eating sushi. And even my right. kids, once they learn to appreciate sushi, I don't know if they're going to have the variety left for them to, to, to taste. Right. I mean, because so. the, there's like... I mean, fishing is, and also like, uh, is it isn't sushi like dangerous to eat now because of like, um, I mean, heavy metal radioactivity, radioactivity like depends Fukushima. on the fish too, yeah. yeah. And because like tuna is a large fish, right? So 
because it mm -hmm. eats smaller fish, the mercury content's pretty high, right? Yeah, but also, it's just, there's all sorts of things, right? In the future, we're not going to eat as much meat as we are now. There's just, mm -hmm. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, yeah. And I mean, eating meat now is kind of like, you're, yeah, I mean, have you guys seen Okja yet or not yet? Yeah. Yeah. Dan, have you seen that movie? I started it, didn't finish it. How'd you start? Oh, you saw it start on Netflix? Okay. Yeah, I started on Netflix um, at the dental office. Oh my god. <laughs> Whoa, what? They have a screen in the ceiling or something? Yeah. And oh, wow. you know what's crazy? They moved me from room to room and they, the profile just followed me. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah, they have like four profiles set up, right? So if you watch it and it starts off, you know, you end at like 10 minutes in, you move over, you log into the same profile and you start it wow. up again and it starts at that 10 minute mark. Oh, that's great, dude. <laughs> yeah, because that's always been a pain. Like, oh man, where did I leave off, you know? Or, um, in the dentist office. In the dentist <laughs> office, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, uh, but anyways, uh, Okay, let's fine, fine. Uh, tangent. Let's talk about Okja real quick, because uh, it, it that really ties into like you know d meat industrialization. Um, like, uh, what do you think of the movie? Set? Oh, like Dan, can we ruin it for you? Are you are you planning to finish it, or you're like over it? Oh, I, I don't care. Well, I've I've always said I don't care about spoilers because it's always about the execution. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so saying what your thoughts? Uh, I I've got. I've got some thoughts about that movie, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I liked it. I mean, I still eat meat. Um, <laughs> you know, I've eaten meat. I mean, this is like I've been. It's a, it's been a question in my head, you know, for like you know a long time, obviously. Just like because you're in that so, community, you're in the artist community. Lots of vegans. Well, I mean, and also just political stuff of just like you know meat. I mean, there's also just like a, you know, I remember one that a lecture. I, I don't know if you'd like the sexual politics of meat and like just like the absent reference of like how do we, you know sort of like there's a lot of like gender politics within meat also but also environmental politics and i've been considered myself at least environmentally conscious there's certain things where i'm like i don't would think that this would take away my claim to be an environmentalist but like you know that's it's it's always been a consideration for me i try not to eat a lot of meat but i haven't totally not eaten meat and you probably know like just culturally it's hard you know um like yeah. say just you know going to like my grandparents are having like a big dinner and it's like you know how can you like <laughs> sort of turn away this expression of like of caring yeah. through food by being like well you know i'm not eating all like nine out of these whatever courses of dinner right so because you're singaporean chinese i believe or i'm trying to remember yeah so well like singapore and hong kong got it okay um yeah and I mean, just you know, Chinese like foods is a big deal, right? It's like, a huge yeah. deal. Like, what Chinese, what good Chinese dish does not have meat? Like, I can't. Maybe well, there's a lot of good tofu stuff, right? Like mapo tofu, like, right? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Sure. I mean, but but it's mostly just like how you know when you have, especially with older generations, like you know, my grandfather's birthday, right? Like, I'm gonna sit there and be like, I'm just gonna eat, you know, the the bok choy. You know, like, <laughs> that just seems like being a jerk. Right. And so there's like that, there's always that priority of like, is it how I treat people and how does this fit into my greater view of the world and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, no, um, but it, sorry, getting back to Oak I mean, I thought it was a good movie. I thought there's like a lot of really funny parts to it, you know, um, a lot of things that, you know, it's just the nature of, I think the language of the film is it's sort of staging over the top in certain ways. So I wasn't trying to like hold it to, uh, standard of like, oh, this isn't realistic or something like that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I think is just really fun about the film. Um, 
I mean, the meat politics, I would say, were nothing, I mean, and this is not a knock on the film, but for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm familiar with it, so it's fine. Like, I'm sort of like, you know, it wasn't like a crazy eye-opener for me or something, but, you know, I still think it's a good movie. I don't know if I wouldn't discount it as like, oh, it's not as woke as I am or whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I li- I, I, overall, I like the movie. It's just that... Dude, I don't know. I don't get his humor sometimes. Like, I'm like, you're really gonna put a humorous scene here, like right now, like, uh, right. Y- yeah, or like Jake Gyllenhaal's character. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> what the fuck? You know, like seriously. Uh, or, and I talked to another friend about it. It's like maybe, and tell me if you think this is true or not. Like Asian, you know, Asian directors from Asia, you know, have a hard time directing white people. I think. I, I it's like. Like, have you seen Blue- yeah, yeah, Blueberry Nights by Wong Kar Wai? I'm like, eh, something's off, you know. Hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen that that movie, but I mean, I guess like the, that character seemed like he was supposed to be kind of like this crazy. I mean, I actually like that character because it's so <laughs> sort of ridiculous, but it's also there's that side, you know, in the early part of the film where it's like he's he's this TV personality, right? Yeah. So he's got this weird mix of he can just turn it on and be like you know, in some way, like, really charming, and, like, oh, you could see why he'd be really entertaining to watch on TV, and then the, the when he's off-screen, you're just like, oh, my God, this guy's terrible, you he's know? A, he's a piece of human shit, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right, right? So, like, there's that kind of where I, like, I appreciate so sort of that line that Jake Gyllenhaal was writing for that, you Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But obviously, yeah, the character goes kind of, like, you know, further in the direction, which, I don't know, I thought it was, it was kind of fun. It was, like, such a kind of a odd character you know that it's not again like i was like it's not realistic it's not realistic i mean <laughs> it's it, fine that's not supposed to i feel like it's not supposed to be it's about a gigantic pig like know? mutant pig hybrid yeah yeah right so you know how realistic is it supposed to be you know i mean real talk I've, I've 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 eaten less pork since i've seen that movie specifically pork chickens yeah. you know i'll fucking kill lots of chickens i mean um <laughs> uh, but you know, I've eaten less meat in general, but like specifically, mm-hmm. I'm cutting down pork. I've I've always liked pigs. Like pigs seem like pretty intelligent animals, but man, yeah. they taste so fucking good though. Like, it, like <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what my theory is. Like the you know, the more intelligent they are, the better they taste. So it's like you worry about eating humans because they probably taste really good. Um, <laughs> but I hear it causes cancer though if you eat human because like there's some uh, yeah because yeah, you can't. I mean, I'm not trying it. I don't. I'm not. I'm not really interested in seeing how good it tastes. <laughs> You know, um, so you want dolphin I, then? You want to eat dolphin, huh? I don't know. I mean, I probably had some sort. You know, there's different sushis. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not looking to kill a bottleneck dolphin for the sake of finding out for fun. You know. Right. Well, anyways, they have like one of the highest mercury contents, so you'll like you'll go blind if you eat them or something. Oh like that. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, but I don't know. It's the movie is all right. It's just a little bit. Yeah, some some of the humor I couldn't get. That that kid actress, that thirteen year old girl, An An yeah. Sung. Um, let me look it up real quick. But like, holy shit, she brings it. Like she yeah. <laughs> she is yeah. she's like an action hero slash um, drama. Like really like I don't know, dude. Like I would cast her in a second. Like for anything. Um, super, super talented. She has vulnerable her eyes. Uh, Seo mm-hmm. Hyun An, she plays Mija. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. or An Si Hyun. Um, yeah, super vulnerable. Like when she's like crying, like Okja, oh, you know, like I'm like fuck. Yeah, I fucking feel it. Like I feel like this. I feel, I feel you, girl. Like yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the, okay. Did you like the director's previous 
Mark. I Snowpiercer is cool. Um, uh, his his best one probably is. I mean, Memories of Murder is like one of is pretty dark and really well done. Like the shots in that are pretty beautiful. Um, uh, what else did he? I I haven't seen the host, but. Um, I guess, yeah, Memories of Murder I've seen and Snowpiercer I've seen. Snowpiercer is basically like very similar thread as Okja, right? Um, but yeah. did you like, did you find the, the same issue with him directing white people in that movie as, as you did in Okja? Um, I think, you know what it is? I'll be honest. I don't think I like his sense of humor. Real talk. Like, I think his sense of humor is a little bit too off for me. Um, hmm. and that's and I think that's just a personal taste. I, I think like yeah, we're saying saying what I understand where saying's coming where you're coming from saying, but like for me, I'm like eh, that uh, that character is kind of ruining the movie for me, you know? <laughs> right. Um. So I think it might just be personal taste, maybe. Um. I I his craft is good. I mean, his craft of putting all these elements together. Oh oh, another thing I need to talk about Steve Yun in that movie, right? So later, Dan, I don't know how far you got, but like. There's a part where he he translates something incorrectly, right? And uh, he gets beat up by the head lead guy, Paul Dano, I think is the actor, the white guy. Yeah. And I saw that. I was just like, what the fuck? Asian guys do not get a break at all. You know, like, <laughs> like um, he's basically played. Like, have you seen The Walking Dead? Like, he's basically like that character. Like, he's not he's not the top dog, and he's gonna get fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not uh, spoiler. Um, He's gonna get. He's gonna. He's gonna be in the dangerous situation, or he's gonna be in a lesser power dynamic. And I don't know. I. You know, that's me asking for a lot, but um, I, I did not like that power dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if if you have any thoughts on that saying, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought. I mean, more spoilers. I thought he sort of. There's he kind of gets redemption in the end anyway, right? Yeah, he comes back and he. I mean, I sort of felt the same thing where I'm like, oh man, what the fuck. You know, yeah. that like, oh, this white guy's leading it, and then this kicks out the you know Asian dude. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's other story stuff where it's like, well, he did, you know, <laughs> he did like violate a pretty, you know, that's a pretty bad violation of ethics, you know. Right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. The character wise, uh, it's like, yeah, but I get, ba- no, I get you, I get you. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Basically, I want Steve Young as a lead in a movie. Is is all I'm asking right now. <laughs> I think he has one coming up. He's like uh, going to be in a horror movie. Oh, really? Okay. Cool. I th- um, Steve Young is I probably I probably one of the best Asian, you know, one of the best actors out there right now. I think like he has really good presence. I think. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So one thing we kind of we haven't really talked about uh, segue was like. Uh, kind of like your gaffing and you know cinematography career like are you still like keeping really busy in the independent scene in that area or how, how are things going for you saying uh it's kind of a the mix i'm not really doing much gaffer work um so i mean dan actual, do you know like, what gaffing is yeah. no uh yeah so gaffing is basically he helps light the scene he helps like okay. stage like the light like and for advantageous yeah. he was a gaffer so he um, for example, for one of the um, the scenes where we're she's in the quiet room quiet, crying, uh, saying was like setting up the light so that it's not too harsh on her and like making it basically without lighting, it was just a freaking gray, dank room, right? But then with lighting, you make it look a little bit more, you know, 
like the you can see the texture of the uh, of the fur on the of the carpet on the ground, that kind of stuff. And then the lighting on the face is less harsh. All you know, so get, that's he's a gaffing guy. Yeah, that's what gaffing is. Uh, am I explaining okay. it correctly? Saying? Or? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like so. In like uh, you know, the simpler way, I, I just usually say that in the British system, it's the, I think that the position is called chief lighting technician, which is a little. Definitely a much more straightforward way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, gaffing, um, what, does he carry gaff tape with him all the time? Yeah, or I guess he does, right. but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think the history of it, the, there's various, like, you know, etymologies of it, but, you know, the, that, you know, the gaffer in natural light places would have a big hook to be able to control the, like, the various shades and stuff above, you know. Anyway, but basically, yeah. I mean, but, so the gaffer is under the director of photography, and there's sort of, like, the grip and the electric, so the electric being the lights and the grip being sort of, like, you know, uh, big light shaping stuff like, or like things that basically grip things or move the camera, support the camera. Um, so the gaffer is uh, sort of works with the DP. So like on Advantageous, you know, that wasn't just me, that was Rich Wong, you know, and he and I had worked together. So we had a pretty good sense of, you know, what I had a pretty good sense of what he wanted. And he, you know, had a sense of like, you know, back, we had a back and forth. So we could sort of figure out lighting and the best way to sort of go, proceed through a scene and, through a day so that was definitely not like you know just the gaffer or just my role that was definitely sort of you know directed by rich and working with him to you know and you guys worked before so you guys have like a chemistry or you have a, like a, a shorthand i guess right yeah yeah we've yeah we've done a, a number of yeah films together and and just even like just everyday corporate work or whatever so but he's definitely you know he's moved on to a lot of big big thing so and he's got- <laughs> i haven't been working with him just because like the films are just too big for me as a gaffer i'm not a union gaffer um so you know he's it's great it's great for rich you know he's moving on to um some big films i just saw i have one in my netflix queue to the bone which is keanu reeves and you know it's like that's a bigger one you know oh nice oh good for him yeah yeah and you know and a number of other films that just happens to be one that i just put in my netflix queue that's on my head but you know yeah yeah Cause like, so uh, anyway, that's what the gaffer does. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't been doing as much of that partially because I, you know, I haven't been uh, working on as much narrative stuff, and also because I've been on other stuff. I've been doing more camera work. Okay. So like for Kevin Wong, I, you know, just recently shot a short for him the uh, a few the months home, ago. That's being edited, home? right? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, no. Hmm? The home one, like something I saw something in my email about like. Uh, the pil- no no oh yeah so I did some that's a documentary he's working on. Uh, home is a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is going through, yeah, it's doing fundraising now, and they're turning that into a feature with different stories. So I've done some camera work for him. Shout out to um, Kevin D. Wong. Uh, yeah, a home Wong. is a sorry. Home is a hotel. Yeah. Home is a hotel. Is a- looking for funding. Um, this is probably gonna be sent like a like a one month from now, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this helps you or a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, go I'm ahead. sure there'll still be. Yeah, I mean, it takes a, lot, it's a surprisingly how much even when you're shooting like. Yeah, documentary stuff where you think, oh, you just show up and shoot it. It's like, well, there's still a lot of other stuff that needs to be done. Right. Um, but yeah. So and then I no, but the short that we uh, that he wrote that I shot it was called the Pilgrimage. Okay. The Pilgrim, and so that's going to be. I'm not sure exactly when that'll be done. Obviously, it's like, you know, it depends on all this other work, right? So I think it's he's editing that right now. Also, that's a short film. That's cool. I mean, but yeah. So I've been doing more. Uh, when I have been on set, it's been more as DP stuff on sort of smaller stuff, I guess, um, or documentary stuff, you know. What? Um, and then I've just been doing more editing work, I guess, uh, for sort of the regular day job. <laughs> right. What's My Movie Girl? 
Oh, uh, that's a film. I say one of the first films I worked on when I moved to the Bay Area. Oh, that's a while <laughs> ago. Okay, that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's got it's a 2016 sort of, credit. I was like, what? I think it's because it's been re-released or it got picked up by somebody. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm still in touch with the director, um, so I get some news. But it was sort of came out on I forget where some other distribution in like 2009 or something. I, I think. And oh it, wow. Okay. Somehow I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that's the release dates work, but. There's something, yeah, where now it says 2016. <laughs> so. um, I want to know, Dan, let me know if you have, Dan, do you have a question? I, yeah. No, not right now. Okay, my question is like, you're doing a lot of departments. You're doing gaffing, DP, or D, gaffing and DP, I guess in the same, similar department. Similar, uh, yeah. Uh, editing, you do some still photography. Um, what, 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 what creatively gives you the most satisfaction? Like I, I'm always curious about that when I ask artistic people, or, or you also play. Uh, you also play in a band. You're you're a drummer. Or? Yeah, well, I play drums in a band. I also like. Uh, I used to play tuba, and I bought a tuba recently, so I'm starting to play that in a couple groups. Oh, nice! Out here, I'm actually writing now. Also, you're writing uh, with uh, Jennifer, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Miss the, Jennifer Pong. Shout out to Jennifer, Jennifer Pong. Pong. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Director of Advantageous. Director yeah. of Advantageous. Uh, like, she's and, she's big time now. Almost, you know, too big for us. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. No, no, we were just writing today, actually, this afternoon. We were working on a script. So we've been working on it for a little while. Just kind of refining it and just, like, shaking it up all the time to try to make it better, you know? That's awesome, um, dude. Yeah, she mentioned yeah. something about it to me. And, like, you guys have been, yeah kind of like have a good uh uh work um i guess workflow of, of like how you guys are doing ideas and stuff yeah 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 i think we worked well together i'm a lot, a lot of times on a pretty similar wavelength um okay so i think dan i mean we should probably wrap it up uh let's see any any thoughts daniel on your end um living in the bay area is it like tough to find work that's like uh, industry related. Uh, I mean, not on the commercial corporate side. <laughs> I mean, there's it's there's a lot of stuff that sort of comes off of tech or other, you know, just other industries, right? So as far as sort of the day to day work, it I don't think it's hard to find work, but I think it's also, you know, it's not like L.A., right? There's not a lot of just the general industry, like the entertainment industry in there. But I think it's you know it's totally possible, but I didn't move here to for a job. I guess is my my sort of uh, approach to that. Uh, oh, sorry, go, sorry, Dan. Uh, going back to my my question. Um, well, yeah, what what do you find most satisfying? Is it is it the uh, is it the gaffing? Is it the cinematography? Is it the narratives? Is it the nonfiction? Is it the music playing? Is it everything? Like, is the comp? Is it your combination of how your life is right now? that is most fulfilling so or i don't yeah I'm, i don't know i'm not i don't want to answer the question for you but like yeah what's what what are, what are your thoughts uh i feel like collaboration is the biggest is one of the biggest things uh whatever the medium is okay you know um i do really like music if i if i kind of not do one or the other i guess i would i would pick music to do for the rest of my life oh you know? really over yeah. filmmaking yeah, I mean, filmmaking is almost like I, it's it's sort of it's my job. Uh, it's a good job, you know. It's a great job, 
but it's not uh it's not even necessarily my identity i guess huh you know like i i love playing music like at the end of the day i play music just getting at home and just playing you know playing some songs on the guitar or something like that or just you know so yeah but it's more of the collaboration i mean i really like i still like it's not like i don't like film i like you know even when i'm doing certain corporate work it's still enjoyable right um but it's more just like figuring out whether i'm telling a story that i think is worth basically the worth the medium worth the time and worth the effort of all these people that are you know paid or unpaid or you know whatever contributing all these things but to make it really valuable for that so that's sort of like i feel like it all should to me serves how are you know how are we trying to help each other how to help other people and make it a better place for you know to use something that's overused in silicon valley like you know <laughs> what is what is this what does this creation serve mm. you know so in the Bay Area, you found a lot of more, I guess, a lot of gigs are corporate gigs, I'm guessing, because it's Silicon Valley? Uh, the day-to-day stuff, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I feel like it's, I think the basic economics of it is that that's uh, fortunately made it possible to live up here, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear from people in New York and L.A. that they're surprised at how much how the rates, like producers coming from out of town, that the rates are higher here. Oh, it's like, well, because <laughs> you're because my other job is shooting for, you know, some some company that's got, you know, just raised its hundred million dollars in funding and they're going to pay me a good rate, you know. Nice. Uh, as opposed to, oh, there's like 10 million camera people and we're just going to choose the person with the most expensive package at the lowest price, you know, like. So, yeah, it's fortunate here that, you know, and it's also expensive to live here, so you kind of have to have that, too. <laughs> right. It's like, I guess there that's the catch, because, man, the Bay Area is crazy uh, to live there, unless you have, like, rent control or something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think also it's, it's possible to live a lot cheaper than I think a lot of people will, you know. Like, you don't have to live in the mission or in some new construction cool apartment, you know, like... You don't have, you don't to, have go to go to yeah, yeah, You don't have to go to the best school in a failing uh, dystopian future. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I mean, yeah. So um, that's a little inside joke, anyways. Um, okay. Uh, what we usually wrap up with is like um, Dan. Sorry, Dan. Any 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 yeah. last thoughts? Last thoughts. <laughs> Put Dan to sleep. It's like too late at night. Dan's got kids. He's got to go sleep. Any any last thoughts? No, sir. No, sir. Okay. Uh, to be honest, I have not prepped any. La- uh, I mean, I could. So generally, we do like a language corner. Yay, language corner. Mm. Um, at the end, I haven't. I, 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 there's a word. I mean, I didn't really. <laughs> it's kind of like a bad word, but um, I, I could do a language corner. Dan, do you have a language corner thing you want? Do you have or no? Uh, yeah. You got one? Okay, cool. So you actually prepped one. Good. Um, saying, well, uh, we were going to say ours, and then, like, if you know any, do you know any phrases in other languages? Spanish, um, Chinese? I, I know some phrases. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm learning phrases. Okay, yeah. cool. So um, so one phrase, my so one of my Korean kids, that they're like sixth, seventh graders, um, they, I guess dong is Korean word, right? Um, dong means poo. Uh, yeah. So dong, <laughs> and then I guess the uh, to take up to I want to take a pose like dong sai day I believe something like that. It's it's a song now. Uh, one of the guys like there's a fake Korean group called the BGA like uh, boys generally Asian. 
Um, they made a song about that. And then uh, in Chinese and Mandarin, which I'm much more familiar with, it's Da uh, Bian, right? Da Bian means like to take a shit. And then Xiao um, Bian. So Da means big, right? And then Xiao means small. So so it's not like taking the small shit. When you say Xiao Bian, that means like number one, Da Bian is number two, right? Take a piss or take a shit. So, um, <laughs> so that's, uh, and then, uh, the, uh, and then one phrase my kids keep saying, like they laugh at it. It was like, uh, it means, means to take a fart in, um, in, uh, McDonald's. So basically that's what's been on my mind recently. Cause I've been teaching kids is a lot of, uh, fart and poop jokes. So anyways, that's my phrase phrases for today. Uh, Dan. Well, if uh, if you're gonna do that, the Japanese word for shit is kuso. K U S O. K U S O. Kuso. 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 Okay. And people, yeah, and people will actually use it in like like they use English like shit, and I was like kuso. Oh, like you stub your toe, kuso. Yeah. Oh. Kuso. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Cool. So that's my word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, saying, do you have any phrases you've been learning, like Spanish or like... Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of phrases I'm trying to figure out. So I've been trying to learn Spanish partially through learning songs. So it's a good oh. way that I can practice speaking. And you could do both. Without having to... Yeah. Huh? You could practice the music and the the musical yeah. side and the So then I sort yeah. of get both those things out. I'm trying to... Think, so there's been a line that I've been trying to... I was changing in a song that uh, my wife's father sang at our wedding... So I was learning that song last last week. Um, so I'm like, sometimes I, I, I learn Spanish and I'm, I make up words. My wife always thinks it's terrible because I'm sort of like, it's like I'm conjugating like a five-year-old or something like that. Like, oh, well, if I combine this word and this, it means this. But uh, yeah, so I guess like two words like fortalizando or empoderando, which I'm trying to figure out. So there's a song lyrics that's uh, in the song that says like... Uh, uh, Destaria mi mando, which is like I will spoil you, but I don't like that line, so I wanted to be like I will empower you or I will strengthen you. Ah. But unfortunately, fortalizando or empoderando doesn't really roll off the tongue, so I have to like it's good practice, but like so I guess those are the words, the two words that have been in my mind. It's like destaria fortalizando or destaria empoderando. Anyway, two, so, so huh? To empower is what it means, or yeah, to strength. I'm trying to figure out a good word, and maybe there's a translator out there who would give me a better word for that. That's just like you know, it's because it's a song that's like uh, you know, I'm I will dedicate my life to you and do all this other stuff. But I don't like the idea of like I will spoil you because it feels like sort of paternalistic and right. like you know. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, fortalizando forte forte or uh, poder is like the power, right? Right, like mano poderosa is like whatever hand of power. It's like one of those candles you can, uh, candle you can buy, like you know, with the saints you can get manos poderosa. Oh. And then poder, I think, is like powering or something. And then yeah. Cool, cool. I mean, have yeah. you found Equ- like Ecuadorian Spanish? Is it vastly different from Mexican Spanish or? It's a. I mean, there's there's always so many regional differences. I mean, that's one of those things like. You know, even like Dominican versus Ecuadorian versus Spanish, like versus Salvadorian versus you know, like there's definitely a lot of little differences. Um, but I don't, you know, for the most part, I think anything you could you could still communicate. 
you know, there's pronunciation differences, but as far as I can tell, you know, I'm not, I'm not even at that level, you know, my wife can be like, oh yeah, those are, you can tell like, oh, there's the Dominicans and those are, you know, Spanish or they're Mexicans just by the accent and the words they use. But right. Uh, yeah. Cool. I mean, sorry, I keep asking questions. Uh, have you ever picked up your Cantonese or Chinese at all or a little bit or not really? Uh, I, not a lot, you know, like I can speak, I can understand Cantonese a little bit. You know, I can order food somewhat in, in a Chinese restaurant, but then they always respond and then I'm just kind of like, you know, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, this confuses people when I say, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm saying you know, like, yeah, then they're like, wait, do you, are you just fucking with me? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That's all like the extent of my Cantonese. There your Cantonese. That sounded legit. Like, um, okay. <laughs> uh, so we'll have to wrap it up here, but thank you so much saying for being our guest tonight. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks. It was fun. Thanks, thanks for coming on. I'll thank ho- you. We'll catch up. Uh, let's catch up again soon. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, All right, so um, let's go ahead and sign off. Dan, why don't you sign off first? Okay, this is Yin signing off. This is uh, Young, AKA, a.k.a. James, signing off. And go ahead, Sang. Uh, this is Sang, signing off. Any any shout-outs or anything you want to plug, like your Instagram or anything like that? or? Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> people, people want to see my Instagram, they can find me somewhere saying chen yeah saying yeah <laughs> and then um yeah uh find us on itunes facebook um yeah and then uh yeah itunes and facebook are our main stuff and then yeah come support leave a review and all that thank you so much for listening all right see ya bye 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 relationships getting you down and young